I can just tell you that the theme I chose was by your endurance, you will gain your souls. That's the one that I chose. Wow. As a... That's 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 powerful, actually. Um, and that's a great way <laughs> to start another episode of the St. George's Rather Staff, the official podcast of the Church of St. George, the Martha and Kales River, alongside the chaplains of St. Mark and St. Monica. Have we been giving St. Mark and St. Monica's love in the last couple of weeks? I was advised to cut down my, my little intro thing. Um, oh, I see. Oh, St. Mark's. Yes, I, I, haven't, I haven't been there um, recently. I'm going there at the end of the month. Okay. Okay. Uh, that's, that obviously is the voice of my co-host, the Archdeacon, Rodney Whiteman. How are you doing this morning, sir, on this, this dreary Cape Town morning? I'm doing very, very well. As I said to you, I'm standing in the, what's the name of a very rush day. We're doing laminous training. I'm looking forward to it, though. Um, but I'm doing well. I trust the same for you. Uh, yes, yes, yes. I am Lindsay Shooters. I am, as always, your host on this exploration of faith during this time of crisis. And we are both in a crisis of schedule. So we'll dive straight into the gospel, which is according to Luke chapter 21, verses 5 to 19. When some were speaking about the temple, how it was adorned with beautiful stones and gifts dedicated to God, he said, as for these things that you see, the days will come when not one stone will be left up, all will be thrown down. They asked him, teacher, when will this be, and what will be the sign that this is about to take place? And he said, beware that you are not led astray, for many will come in my name and say, I am he, and the time is near, but do not go after them. When you hear, when you hear of wars and insurrections, do not terrify, for these things must first take place. But in the end... But the end will not follow immediately. So Jesus is getting diving into like prophesying, but the revelation vibes going on here. Also, one of the few times where he actually speaks of a physical downfall. Um, and like I, I don't think he's getting too metaphorical, like 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 in this in this point. Uh, uh, how do you how do you read this? How are you taught to like understand? Like this side of Jesus, where he's, he's, he's turned into like this prophet. Oh. Yeah. Um, I, I think this text, I was taught, alludes to um, the uh, AD 66 um, destruction of the temple. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, uh, but this uh, and um, um, the, the 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 understanding the theological understanding is he was talking about his own death he was talking himself as the, the temple yeah. of god that would be destroyed uh, by the death that he would have to die um, on calvary yeah. so yeah. that's the, those are the two things but it also alludes to that uh, the the actual temple that stood in jerusalem would be destroyed and as you know from your wide experience of history and the world that uh, the temple is still a matter of controversy in jerusalem yes, yes. today um and it is it is um, there is it's divided between two owners if i could put it like that um uh, one one side i think the jews i think has it and the other side belongs to, is it, um, 
does it belong to the Islam or, or Christian section? I don't know for sure now, but I do know that that alludes to the 1666 A.D. Um, down, you know, destruction of the temple. And it's interesting because last week in the Haggai passage, uh, where Haggai was also talking about the overthrow of on the overthrow, the downthrow of the of the first temple. Mm. Um, and you know, express, expresses it expressly said, and now it is there's nothing. It's sort of basically thrown down to its foundations, but that God was preparing for the building of a second temple. Yeah. Um, so yes, and you know, if I were to tie this up with um, a, a kind of a reflection on what happened to everything uh, at, uh, when COVID hit the world. Um, you know, not only did life come to a stop in every aspect, but even churches had to be closed. And I think that was the, you know, ch some church people felt that was an indictment on the church, <laughs> a kind of a judgment on the church. Why, why, why close the church, you know, when in times of crisis does faith not matter? Uh, and so we should be practicing our faith uh, in this crisis. But yeah, those are those are the two things that I would say would would be the idea that that that, that 66 was the actual downthrow. But yeah. he was speaking about his death in this passage. Okay, but like he, he alludes to to it later on, like his death, with, and and then he uses words like it will be destroyed, but be rebuilt in in three days, and then three like days. he gets super like metaphorical. Um, with it, but but this is like a, a straight up prophesying from from the Messiah, which is which is a very strange kind of light to cast uh, uh, the the Jesus figure in as, as the philosopher uh, that I see. Because then he then he like carries on, and then like the the actual lessons come where where it's like nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be great earthquakes and in various places famines and plagues, and there will be dreadful importance and great signs from heaven but before all this occurs they will arrest you and persecute you they will hand you over to synagogues and prisons and you will be brought before kings and governors because of my name this will give you an opportunity to testify so make up your minds not to prepare your defense in advance for i will give you the words and a wisdom that none of your opponents will be able to withstand or contradict. You will be betrayed even by parents and brothers, by relatives and friends, and they will put some of you to death. So now he's like going into this, this vibe where he's revealing, there's a re revelation of, of the truth that he, he's bringing to the world. Because I was having a discussion a week ago, I think, um, with my daughter about... Oh, they were learning about verbs and the different verb forms. Um, and I asked her a question as a thought experiment, like, is love a verb? Um, and obviously she was torn between the two because I, I definitely, be, and then, oh, yes, she needed to prepare an oral or no, a, she, they were going to do a task. Um, I, I must actually ask her how she did on the task. <laughs> That I think about it. <laughs> <Ooh, yeah, nah. laughs> um, and in my mind, I was like, 
it would be super awesome if the task was about um, uh, verbs and you make a case for love being a verb because then you can take it through all of its forms um, and then prove like at the end. Like I was thinking like on a, on a kind of uh, like a university kind of, of, of level. Um, and yeah, like the, the only truth that, that you can take out of, of the Jesus philosophy is that idea of like universal love and inclusion. Um, and like that is a wisdom that no one can contradict. Because it's like the moment you you deliver that kind of statement that humans should love each other and include all people. Like the the counter argument really reveals like someone's true nature. Like if you say that to in 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 the seventies, speaking that kind of thing from the church to the apartheid regime. Um, and then the response being that immediately reducing a certain certain section of the population to like second class citizenship. It's like that. That's that's <laughs> if you really sit and you think about it, like that makes absolutely no sense. Then, <clears throat> yeah, you know, I'm I'm thinking yeah that um, Jesus. Almost speaks here like a uh, an ap apocalyptic uh, prophet, yeah, a, a, f a prophet of the future, as it were. We, you know, I was thinking, you know, in relation to the kind of work you do uh, and I do. I mean, I don't know if I'm in that kind of work. When when somebody comes to count for me for counselling, and they reveal their story to me and I'm listening to it from their side there's an expectation that I give them some kind of insight into what they are going through yeah, yeah. now the insights that I would for my from my perspective I would base on where what scripture could be helpful in a pastoral setting of the nature that I'm experiencing but would my insight be looking into the future based on what they are busy talking about now. Mm. So, for example, when you write a story about anything, are you writing for the future with a future perspective in mind, with a lens to the future as you're thinking about current times? Um, and when you're focusing on a particular subject like with Jesus, you say he's all about love. Yeah. And action love and inclusive love and universal love, um, but how does that fit with a, with this kind of an, a narrative that he that he's talking about? Where in all of this is the projection of love? Now, I often think about prophetic uh, messages as that which is out of concern, out of love to prepare people, uh, you know, for things to come. And one would have thought, well, Jesus, you're a tough guy. Shouldn't you be stopping all of these things from happening? Yeah. Um, you yeah. Know? Um, but I think, you know, like, like, like you as a parent prepared your daughter for the task that she had to go and do. Um, you, you, that was your action of love. You're empowering her. 
to deal with whatever it is that has to be dealt with going forward. That would, for me, be an action of love. Uh, love in that preparatory way would say, let me not, con let me not um, uh, bring in the nihilism of any sort. Um, in the way the world was going, and the, I mean, look, I don't know too much about the predictions around earthquakes and famines yeah. and all that yeah. kind of stuff. But but we living we living in a world where all of these things have been experienced. I mean, I heard the other day that um, uh, what's the name went through Durban went through some tremors or earthquakes again. Yes, uh, <laughs> you know. So so those kind of things I wouldn't be able to say. But we have. Uh, various um, instruments that measure these things that also prepare us, that warn us of the pitfalls. That preparatory uh, um, words are also actions of love, I think, uh, to empower the person to to walk carefully, to to walk with their eyes open and their ears open, to live carefully, if I, if I can put it like that. Mm. Um, th that for me would be how how inclusive Jesus's love is. He's just not you loving, but he's also preparing us for life as parents do. Um, mm. And 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 then, as I said, in, like in your work, you you currently dealing with an article, currently dealing with a theme, currently dealing with a reality in the world, but you're dealing with it not looking back only, but you're really looking forward because you're pre pre predicting. The benefit of this or not for your audience indeed uh, I, I think i do I, I do agree with you there um like i was i was just writing something for for a, a corporate um, executive uh she's delivering a talk at some symposium whatever um and it was speaking into the kind of digital transformation in Africa. Um, and then you draw from a lot of different kind of narratives that, that the company has, has put out um, from that. But it's also like in that speaking into that kind of con context, you need to deliver a, a, a consistent idea of hope. <laughs> yeah. You know, because uh, I mean that's that's marketing. Marketing is it's is is instilling hope in somebody that um, like whatever product or whatever service you are pushing towards them um, will improve their lives in the long term. So you have to like kind of paint that that map for them um, to like their customer journey and how this product is just going to be the the be all and end all. But I, I I'm most intrigued here where he the or at least the words that are ascribed to jesus um in verses 15 and 16 it's like for i will give you words and a wisdom that none of your opponents will be able to withstand or contradict you and then it's immediately followed by you will be betrayed by even by parents and brothers by relatives and friends and they will put some of you to death so for me like i, I I'm, I'm reading into this and I, i'm seeing this idea that um, obviously, like verse 19, by your endurance, you will gain your souls, which is the theme that you have extracted of, of for this week. But it, it's it's like 
almost preparing their minds for that that concept of loving the persecutor because they are human. You know, where it's like, are you now going to turn around and hate your own parents because um, they betrayed you? And it's like, yeah, Jesus is saying that that is going to happen. And in that moment, like, you should still endure. You should stay the path. You should still abide by the words and everything and and embrace that persecution as just like part of the journey as part of the process and and that's like a profound thing to to reflect on um especially like in these days where where you have situations where like lgbti community in their homes are being persecuted yeah um and like do these kids, uh, and I sorry to call to refer to them as kids, but I am getting on in my years now. <laughs> um, do you hold that grudge? Are you justified in holding a grudge against someone who honestly, if you had to think about it, does not know better um, than like does not know enough, hasn't been prepared to kind of step out of their own head and maybe have some empathy for 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 another person's situation. Are you are you are you justified in your in your anger? Are you justified in kind of cutting ties where like families get get broken? Um or and 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 speaking as a person of color, like the, the, this one cuts quite deep because we are always expected to be like the better human, you know, like we now suddenly can't turn around and like point fingers. It's like this whole idea of like critical race theory where it's like, how, how are we not allowed to like speak about these things, you know, like the things that have actually happened to us, like speak out of our lived experience. You know, like, why must we now suddenly be all kumbaya and, you know, <laughs> all sit around the same campfire mm. with some of y'all here are still <laughs> holding on to, like, old belief systems? Like, do you still respond on a human level and, and have that empathy with the person's situation where they, they honestly are only acting in, in the way that they believe is best? And over time, that belief will obviously change, or hopefully that will change. Or are you justified in like just the cutting the ties and you know being upset? Well, um, I think I think we went through some of this during the apartheid uh, uh, era, yeah. where you know informants could be of your own family, yeah. Um, and but when there is a situation of threat and fear, any human being um, stands between the risk of life and death, yeah. and have to make a decision. Um, I I I think that's the one of the things we have to, if we if we're empowered in the message that Jesus gives us, as he says, you know, I will give you words and wisdom, 
if we empower that, we, we would we immediately be able to understand that some people who perhaps haven't got a level of empowerment, uh, but whose fear obviously is far more potent in, within them than, than you know, the, the, the wisdom of standing, of resisting. Um, then of course they will con they will conquer. Uh, the, the the question I would then have is, is it worth it to have grudges in our systems if we are betrayed? Because holding grudges steals our energy, yeah, steals yeah. our focus and our vision. So part of what I believe the wisdom is that we gain through his words and wisdom would help us to understand that in the situation, it is very possible that someone close to me may not be able to resist enough to say, uh, I'm not going to say. Um, I mean, I, as you, as you um, conjured up, and conjured up as you spoke, <laughs> as you spoke, you know, my mind registered with two realities I had to face. And I still don't know the answers to the one. In the just soon after my my short past experience of incarceration, having having been arrested for marching um, during the 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 eighties, um, eighty five, nineteen eighty five, my parents' home was. Um, I didn't know that they, their home was being watched. Yeah. And they had, a, they had a prayer meeting, an area prayer meeting of the parish at their home. As soon as the prayer meeting came out, the police came into the house and wanted to search, wanted to know what kind of meeting this was. Now, who was the instigator that brought yeah. the police there? Or is because my name was on a system now? I don't know the answer to that. When I went to Namaqua land, um, I been part of the uh, assistance of Noom's people at the mind yeah. Yeah. when, you know, facilitate a kind of a conversation between the authorities and the trade union uh, as part of the Namaquilin Council of Churches. And um, one of my wardens came to me afterwards and said, uh, the guy who works for the security branch in the area that I live came to me to tell him, tell your priest to stop these nonsense. So who spoke out or were they there that I didn't see them? So I think, you know, how, how serious when we, when we engage, how seriously do we take, in this case, how serious do I take as a Christian, seriously do I take the words Jesus speaks and the wisdom that he offers? And in the words and the wisdom, that that he offers what 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 how does how do i understand that empowering me yeah. both yeah. emotionally and intellectually so that physically i'll also be able to be empowered enough um, now the wisdom and the words of wisdom and, and wisdom that i be granted um that i take in in the in the way jesus speaks here um, will direct even that earthly court, as it were, the kind of things that I, I, I remember this from, you know, having been in court myself for this reason. Now, 
Bishop David Russell was extraordinarily wise and 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 this was a this was a this guy was a monk at one stage so he was yeah. he was rooted in the faith through it and his way of answering the prosecutor frustrated this lady um and he wasn't rude um and she asked him a question he would just respond as if he was asking her the question yeah. so i take seriously G- I will give you words and wisdom. So out of your own, you don't have to panic and worry how you will be able to answer and what, from what wisdom are you going to draw uh, because it's provided. So with Jesus, is there therefore in this life and for the next a reservoir of learning from that would enable us in our relationship with God and in our relationship with each other and with the environment in which we live, be able to help us in our relationships, give us the kind of guidance, wisdom, empowerment that we would need so that fear doesn't get hold of us. And also that we would be able to be forgiving quickly, quickly to those who have betrayed us. That's an interesting <laughs> moment here as well. Um, obviously, to <laughs> to to just remind everybody um, who's listening that that I am not actually, I do not identify as as Christian. I am an agnostic. Um, if you look at that at Jesus the philosopher, where this this passage, um, I've I've heard numerous times. Um, I mean the, the the words of like the nations will rise against nations and all of that sort of thing. He's always used. Um, by, I, I will say, <laughs> with all due respect to your your profession, lesser preachers, um, <laughs> where they focus in on on like the prophetic ideas, um, yeah, and then they use that as kind of like a warning for for like the end times or like a, a harbinger of the of of the end times, where like the the nuance is is if 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 you consider. This is a scholar, Jesus now. He he's a straight up scholar of the the law, of, of the faith, of the books of Moses, all of that stuff. Like he, he, he has a deep, like intimate understanding of of the history that has brought him to this point. So this temple is in its second state. It's been torn down, been rebuilt. Yeah. Uh, so like he knows, like if you project they under Roman rule currently, like there's going to be uprisings, like these empires to destroy all forms of culture in a bid to like kind of quell uprising, to sow. Um, if you rob a population of their unity and you, you cast the cat amongst the pigeons, if you will, <laughs> um, and that way you, you, you can control them um, and you can cause um, situations where you'll have certain factions within that group that will be more sympathetic to 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 the oppressor and feel like they can have something to gain so they can be manipulated. Um, like much like Judas was like even the 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 silver, all those sorts of things. Um, to to betray Jesus, so you you can then manipulate when when you've broken their their their, their unity. So in breaking their unity, you destroy their culture and you physically just destroy. Like this is just standard 
like war, <laughs> but mm. Um, mm. like philosophy. And like, so he understands us and he can extrapolate out like what kind of predict what's going to happen, what 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 future awaits um, Jerusalem. And and he draws from that to make a very nuanced reading on that potential future to prepare his acolytes um, for that reality. And 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 I think it's it's a very measured response that takes into account his knowledge of history and ties it to like his philosophical reading of the moment and, and like the message that, that he's trying to 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 spread. Um and yeah, it's 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 a it's a fascinating a fascinating passage. Just, just to take it up from from what you, the last point that you're making. What will happen to the time when physically he's not with them? Yes. Was he also preparing them for those moments where they will be the ones? They will have to be the spokespersons. Yeah. They will um, have to stand in front and witness um, and it's the interesting word this will give you an opportunity to testify so other yeah. words this is where you will be able to share your faith share what I taught you share what I mean what I what, what I mean for the world who am I to the world and why am I here and it will be that that kind of opportunity where you, where you will stand in the ring but again here it's not on your own strength and and wisdom it is it is you depend on me in 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 those very challenging moments yeah. um, when you will be brought to, uh, to to face to face this thing it is it is um I mean the world I don't know whether the word is dynamic for me right now it's just that um i mean the the way that things go on there's such a such a lot of volatility in in in, in nations that you know at any time there can be a spill over to violence mm-hmm. at any time there can be a change of government that that's the the volatility we live we, we still we still holding on from a human perspective the, the constitution will be our rescue um you know uh, there's, there's there's not a threat of civil war uh, at the moment with us yeah. um but we don't know of any subtle forms of persecution i mean one of the sad realities is the taxi warfare how easily people get taken out there yeah. Now, would yeah. I be able to speak into that? Because I should be able to say that's not on. It shouldn't be on. It's not the way that we. What's not what what we fought for? You know, drawing from that resource, um, from the leaders of the liberation movement. We 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 did not fight for that. But as further we move away from uh, the turn to democracy, the the more different people become because they would have lost a sense of that history. Yeah. A sense of that purpose. I think with, with, with Jesus um, and that uh, with with the church, that also seems to be a challenge because people keep wanting to change the church. Um, But somehow people still hold on to Jesus. 
people still believe Jesus is, you know, whatever the church is, the Jesus of the church, as Gandhi said, is what people are still, is the person people are still holding on to, people still resonating with, yeah. even yeah. In, in, if they're not, you know, going to church. Um, so so that, that point, certainly, I, I take that, you know, um, we will we will have to stand there and be be those who testify who continue sharing what he taught us for the sake of the world. That's that's the point. The second point that is the is, is to tackle the first point. Yeah, there has been proponents throughout the history. Uh, I, I heard a recent one, you know, also talking about it's the end times because he has somewhere in the Bible found the text that would say, right, we are living in the end times. <laughs> but when hasn't nations gone up against nations in yeah. history? When hasn't there been earthquakes? You know, we have to go back to those words every time. Even Jesus said, I do not know. Only the Father knows. Yeah. So why, why would people be pretending Although we in our liturgy say, and we, we call it the, the mystery of faith, which we proclaim or testify to, Christ has died, Christ is risen, Christ will come again. But it's not used as a threat. It's rather a proclamation, a celebration. It's caught up in the prayer of great thanksgiving. Um, whenever that time is, we don't know, but we do know that we can look forward to. Yeah. And I think that is a great place to leave this conversation. Um, as always, the choice, actually the whole gospel will be in the podcast description um, and some choice verses from, from the, the other readings that were prescribed for the day. Um, thank you very much, Um Archdeacon, for, <laughs> for engaging me in, in the nuance. Um, and thank you very much for listening. I just want to say, yeah, Lindsay, that in this liturgy, which I did send to you now, um, <laughs> I, I, I wrote a, 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 um, a worship song, I call it, to the tune of Women of Strength. That will be sung in church tomorrow. I, I can come up with one, two, three, four, five verses. Oh, wow. Um, so if you'd like to have a look at that, and you can tell me next week what you think um, about it. But it, it was something that struck me when I was in the bathroom, and I captured the words to that tune. Um, so thank you very much, Lindsay, and thank you all for tuning in. <laughs>